Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. On today's episode, we're talking about the one thing you should never open with when it comes to your sales conversation. This is absolutely going to change how you view sales pitches, and hopefully it's going to make you a little bit more money than you were making before. Stay tuned to this episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Here it comes. See you soon. All right. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in today. I wish you well. Hope your business is going well. Hope your personal life and all things are syncing up well. Sometimes it doesn't always work that way, right? I mean, sometimes you have rainy days, you have crazy days, crazy months even. Or if you're like me, you have a two-year-old and a four-month-old and just figuring out life. Uh, It's amazing, but it's also total chaos. Uh, And so if your life is chaotic, you're in good company. But hey, I want to welcome you to the show. I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast and checking out a little bit of the good advice we're trying to give on a day-to-day, on a week-to-week basis, really. If you're new to the show, you've never checked out the podcast before, uh, this is the place where I've just really wanted to share the actionable, tangible, practical ways that you can grow your business. And typically, uh, the episodes that I put together are a random amalgamation of the silly, crazy things that I see other business owners owners do that sometimes are simple mistakes that I've made myself and other times are just really bad habits. And for the latter part of that, that is the inspiration for today's episode. Um, I want to talk today about what you should never do in your sales pitches, whether it's a cold pitch, whether it's, um, I've, I've actually talked about this a little bit before, you know, if you're out at networking, if you are at a pitch event, if you're at, you know, kind of like a 1 million cups thing, maybe you're at a chamber event, um, maybe you are just popping up in people's inboxes. And despite the fact that everyone hates it when you pop into their, bo- their box unannounced or uninvited, uh, if that is your thing, if it works for you, then you know I won't begrudge you of it. But I do want to talk about the thing that is consistently driving me crazy. It's something that I've been wanting to share, um, and I feel like I keep talking about it, and yet, you know, I can only I can only impact so many people, I guess. Uh, so if this has been your approach to sales to business, I want to encourage you to change it, and. So today's episode, we're talking about the one thing you should never, ever open up with in your sales conversation. Now, if you're on my newsletter, I send out a weekly newsletter. You can sign up on our website, goodadvicecoaching.com. I've already talked about it in my newsletter, but I want to talk a little bit more in depth about it. The one thing you should never, the word you should never say in your sales pitch, and it's the word we. It's the word we. We have to get away 
from opening our sales conversation with the word we. So we are an amazing business that has served a thousand other customers just like you. Uh, we are a business that's been in business for 20 years and yada, yada, yada. And, and see, this is something that is so common that if you are new to business, you might think this is actually how you should talk to people. This might, you might think this is what you should actually do rather than actually being intentional and smart about your sales conversations. So giving you some examples, let me tell you a little bit about the inspiration of um, why I'm talking about this today. It's ultimately because, like many of you, I am constantly spammed on LinkedIn with a multi, not just LinkedIn, on Instagram and also on Facebook. I'm getting messages constantly and it's driving me crazy because it, it clogs up my inbox. It sometimes makes it hard for me to find messages that I was trying to look at previously, um, which isn't too bad on LinkedIn because there's a search feature there. But it's just annoying to like open up your inbox, you got a new message and it's another sales pitch. Or like at the end of the day, you get on LinkedIn and you have you know a handful of sales pitches that's really just annoying to have to deal with. So let me give you some context here. Uh, I'm just gonna go back to the three most recent messages that I've received. So I have one from today, two from yesterday. Uh, this person, Allie, she DM'd me and said, great to connect. Uh, we are an EQ-focused business that helps decision makers and multi-hyphenates such as yourself. This means that we help C-levels and entrepreneurs regain control of their lives to perform at their peak while working less but working smarter. Would you want more clarity and reduce burnout and boredom and cultivate a purpose-inspired mindset somewhere in your list of priorities? If so, let's find a time to connect. So aside from like the awful language here, um, I don't know, I don't know any business owner who refers to themselves as a multi-hyphenate. Maybe I'm, I'm blissfully unaware by the way. I mean, there's been times in the past where I've been like, I don't, I don't use that language. I don't talk that way. And then I've come to find out that while, you know, I don't talk that way, someone else clearly does. And so, um, I'm not begrudging anyone who actually does speak this way, by the way, but if my insight's correct, um, this is language that's totally de detached from how their typical customer talks about themselves. But the problem with this message is, like, like, let me help you understand the ideology of a strong sale. Making an effective sale, if you think about like the life, the life cycle of a sale, a customer has a problem, a customer wants to solve that problem, or maybe the customer doesn't know the problem exactly, but they've they're aware enough about the symptoms of the problem. So like, for example, talking of my own business with good advice, we help grow and scale businesses. We're helping business owners develop systems, processes that they need to be able to scale that's going to allow them to sell more, make more money, run the business more efficiently, and frankly, work less hours uh, than maybe they're working previously. So a business owner a, a typical customer, they may know that their problem being solved is I need systems for my business. When it comes to invoicing, we just Venmo people. 
when it comes to um, day-to-day workflow, you know, I just have like a scratch notebook of like a to-do list. They're not using any kind of um, system like project management system. Maybe they're not using any kind of CRM. And so you see like, yeah, who are your customers? And they start like going through their phone, like looking at who they texted recently. So maybe they know already, okay, I need some systems. I need some processes. Or maybe they just know the symptoms of it. So they don't actually know what they need. They know, geez, I'm working 80 hours a week and I'm not, I don't feel like I'm making any more money than I was six months ago. Or man, I keep forgetting to contact customers or people reach out to me and I lose track of them. Or, or I realize that two months from now that that customer two months ago never paid me. So maybe they know the symptoms, but they don't quite know the problem. All this to say, regardless of what they're looking for, they ultimately, in terms of the sales cycle, what they ultimately want is for someone, like they're scrolling through Facebook, LinkedIn, what have you, or they're at an event and they overhear someone talking about those pain points, like someone who seems to intimately understand what those problems feel like. That is someone who now is interested in the service you offer because they relate with the problem. They get the problem. They live it on a day-to-day basis. So understand a distinction here. They don't care about you. They don't care at all about you. They care in relatability. Someone gets me. They get what I'm, what I'm going through and they get the pain that I'm experiencing. That is the, the initial pull, the tug that brings someone in to wanting to have a conversation with you. They realize that as a business owner and where business owners are often isolated and feel very alone, they realize I'm not alone. Someone understands this. And so then as they begin talking to you and they understand that you're an expert in these pain points, they don't know you're an expert because you gave the speech about how many years you've been in business. You gave all this interesting jargon like multi-hyphenates that seems like you are a smart person, what happens is you talk like them. You talk about the things that maybe you've gone through, that you've discovered, maybe some of the things you've done with your customers, and now they're beginning to put themselves in the shoes of a prospective buyer of your services. See, what happens a lot in business, especially in the sales conversation, I think this is mostly either insecure entrepreneurs who are desperate to be affirmed. They're desperate for that sale. And I get that. I've I've been in that stage of life where I'm desperate for someone to let me know that I'm actually onto something here and I'm not just blowing smoke. But I think it's it's sometimes it's insecure business owners who puff themselves up and make themselves seem phenomenal because they want to convince people that they're credible. Um, and then other times, it's it's business owners who they think that it's not about insecurity, they just have seen other people do it and they think that this is legitimately how you sell when it really isn't. See, when you start to develop crack, traction for your business, isn't when you start developing this amazing story of who you are, 
you will develop traction for your business when 90% of your time and energy is spent on your customers and what they're experiencing rather than yourself. Now understand something here. I'm not saying that you should ever sell yourself short, that you should ever um, downplay what you do. If someone comes to you and they say, should I hire you? I remember, I'll never forget a guy who I asked him verbatim. I said, should I hire you? And he said, well, I don't know. And I thought, why would you not say yes? Like, <laughs> I'm asking, are you the right answer? You should say, yes, I am. So I'm not saying you should ever undersell yourself. Like if someone asks if they should hire you, if they're interested, you should absolutely be the person to say, yes, we're the right answer. Uh, and if you're not the right answer, then I, I mean, why are you even doing what you're doing, right? And not even again, not to make it too complicated, but even in some situations, like you're the right answer, but not for their specific problem. And so I, for example, I have other people, I have a, another uh, guy who works in my area where I sat down with a customer and I just thought, you know what, I'm just not the right fit for you. And so I sent them to a technically a competitor of mine, but someone, you know, again, living out that abundance mindset, um, plenty of business for both of us. I sent them to that person. Uh, they hired him and it's been a great relationship. So I'm not talking about any of that. I'm saying that, you know, ultimately it's understanding the difference between being desperate for credibility and being desperate to understand the problems your customers are facing. Like for me on a day-to-day -day basis, on a week-to-week -week basis, I am trying to understand more and more the pain that my customers are experiencing. And I'm not Googling it. I'm not going to a Wikipedia page about business. I'm just having real conversations. I'm having coffee with people. I'm having people on the podcast and they're talking about some of their problems. I'm listening. I had a woman the other day who was sharing some of the pain points she's having in her business. So I'm listening and I'm understanding. I'm, I'm taking the language that she's using and, and depositing it into my own expertise because I know that I can genuinely help and I want people to know that I know that. Instead, what often happens is people want to make the sale. And so what they think is what's going to attract people is... Hey, here's how amazing I am. I'll, like, I'll never forget I was on a sales call. I wasn't selling. Someone called me. And then like the very first like, hey, Blake, how are you? I was like, hey, how are you? And he said, well, hey, I don't want to, I don't use up your time. We've been in business 20 years doing X, Y, and Z, yada, yada. And I overheard you say you needed some help. So I thought maybe we were the right answer. And I just remember thinking actually, it, I, that was like the initial pitch and it was kind of like a kiss on the first date. I was like, okay, wait, we, I, I don't even really remember who you are. So I, 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 I asked some questions. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm a little confused. Like, who are you? What do you do? Yada, yada. Well, what was interesting was the person talked for about 15 minutes. And then at the end said, I think, I think you would be perfect for this service. And I had this like odd moment of like inner dialogue where I was kind of like, how would you know I'm the right fit when in the last 15 minutes you've been talking all about yourself, how long you've been in business, how many customers you've served, and you haven't asked one thing about me or good advice. You haven't asked one question. You haven't said anything actually <laughs> other than just bragging about all your accolades we think that makes us credible, but it actually disconnects us and disengages us 
from our prospective customer. Um, I got another message yesterday. Literally, they they didn't say anything. And this, this is the feeling, what I just talked about, this is the same reaction I got from this person's message to me. I got this message yesterday morning. Hey, Blake, we're a global LinkedIn marketing agency helping companies dominate on this platform without using automation. I'm confident you're fantastic at what you do. So our job is to let you focus on that while we focus on on what we do best, which is getting you in front of significantly more potential customers. Um, do you have 10 minutes to see if we could be a benefit for your business? So understand this feeling for me. Now, naturally, like let's get rid of all like naivety. This is absolutely like a copy paste message. message. Um, good advice is nowhere to be mentioned here. And also, by the way, even when good advice is mentioned, I'm smart enough and you're probably smart enough to realize like 99% of the time, again, it's automation, uh, which is why it's so funny, by the way, when your business name is mentioned in these like automatic messages and then like the business is, is good, is, is, uh, misspelled. Or, um, I remember an email I got a couple of times that was, uh, Hey Blake with good gear hockey. And I thought that's not my business. Um, but it had been like mistyped in, I guess. But the second paragraph, first of all, they start with we. Uh, we're a global LinkedIn marketing agency. And so, you know, immediately um, it's about them. It's not about me. Look at how amazing we are. You want to buy from us. And then I'm confident you're fantastic at what you do. And I find myself thinking, you don't even know what I do. You have no clue what I do. Maybe you've even read like my LinkedIn title. But beyond that, you have no absolutely no idea. And so immediately I'm put off by it. I'm suspicious by it. And frankly, I, I, if I was even thinking about LinkedIn marketing, I now know one less company that I would probably ever work with. And it's, this could be a great business, by the way, but because their sales process is so impersonal and frankly is so focused on them instead of me, there's no way I'm going to work with them. Uh, I got another message yesterday. Um, and they actually sent a couple of messages bumping up the message, which please don't DM someone like four times in one day. Um, uh, hey, Blake, we're a virtual assistance company that can help you if you have a long to do list that you don't have time to get to by yourself. You can pass off all administrative or executive tasks, even sales and lead generation and marketing duties to our highly uh, professionally trained and vetted staff, uh, all for just $10 an hour. <laughs> I'm just thinking like, why would I go to the same person for sales help as I would for admin tasks? But um, anyway, uh, all this to say, again, this person has no idea what I'm doing. They have no idea if I even need their help. Guys, you're not going to get any traction for your business this way. Um, this kind of strategy will pay off if you can send 1,000 messages a day. Because in 1,000 messages a day, you're going to get maybe, maybe one customer. Maybe 10 if it's a great day, but no more than that. Understand that if you are a small business owner, this strategy is a huge waste of your time. What's all the more meaningful is knowing the pain your customers are experiencing, surrounding yourself with conversation. And this, it's, just, it's like such a basic concept, right? Like that's the whole premise of this podcast. It's just good advice. It's nothing, it's nothing hard to understand, but it is hard to do sometimes. I was talking to a guy who was trying to get more sales for his business, and I, he was talking to me about my business. He said, well, how did you like build momentum for your sales pipeline? 
And I said, honestly, like I got out there, I met with people, I talked to people, I learned where I was off on my sales pitch. I got feedback. I got people I tried to sell to who would tell me that doesn't really ping with me. It doesn't really make sense. Or, hey, this part works, but this part of your sales pitch is very off to me. It's clunky for me. So I had real conversations with people and I shared this, shared this with him and he said, ooh, I don't really want to put myself out there. I don't really want to do that. Is there, a will, is there a way for me to build up my business without having those conversations? And I was like, well, unless it's an industry that you're already deeply experienced in, like let's say you're starting your own independent insurance agency and you've been an insurance agent for 20 years, like you know the business. If that's not the case, then no. Unless you're willing to indulge in the money pit of burning money on ads, of of and which by the way, that is a strategy for some people. Uh, I see people who they start businesses and they they immediately throw thousands of dollars into advertising to try to, um, you know, they call it hyper growth. I think it's it's a, a poor use of your finances, but they're basically throwing things at a wall and seeing what sticks. So there's not a painless way to build up the sales of your business. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes awkwardness. But most importantly, it, it means making your business more about the customers you're serving rather than what necessarily you're trying to build yourself. Doesn't mean you can't have both. Like I want to build good advice into a meaningful, impactful company. Like I don't, I honestly don't care if I'm ever known. I don't care if I end up on, you know, the Inc. 5000 or whatever. None of that matters to me. I just want to know that I'm making a difference. It is perfectly fine for me to have that desire and still be a customer-centric business. Everyone will tell you they're a customer-centric business until you sit down with them and they begin to talk all about themselves rather than you, their prospective customer. So if you want to sell more, if you want to do more, stop saying we. And in fact, you may be thinking like, well, what do I say instead? Start with how are you and make it a genuine question. And then if you feel like you don't have a lot of their time, point out things that are specific to them. I love mess. I've gotten plenty of DMs where someone says, Hey, I checked out your episode on blank. I loved this part where you said, um, stop saying we, ha ha ha. Yeah, I totally agree. Like now I'm interested. You made it about me now. Uh, but if you do have time, if you're willing to make some more time, ask good questions. Hey, what's going on with your business? Hey, tell me about yourself. Hey, what's, what's, uh, and not like the obnoxious, what's like the biggest problem you're having and you're, you're going to pitch them immediately. But oddly enough, my advice is to have real conversations with people and you'd be surprised what that can do for your sales game. Hey, I appreciate you listening. Don't forget that you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash good advice if you want to support the podcast. Also, if you want to be known, if you want your business to be better known, if you want a, your own personal stage, for people to hear about your business, for people to know how amazing your business is. Um, we do have advertising on the podcast. Email me, Blake, at goodadvicecoaching.com, and I'd love to tell you more. Hey, thanks for listening so much. I so appreciate it. And that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later. See ya.